A collegiate swimmer who spent three seasons competing on the men's team is now shattering records while competing against women. CNN announces that primetime anchor Chris Cuomo has been fired, plus the country loses a patriot and American hero with the passing of Bob Dole. All that and more, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the assault on women's sports that comes from the woke radical left. Those on the left claim to champion women's rights. They push for equal representation of men's and women's sports teams at colleges and universities. But what happens when the transgender issue collides with women's competition and plain old common sense? See, this is where the left always gets into trouble. They are built around interest groups that they convince are oppressed, marginalized, and unrepresented. Whatever group it is, the bad guys are conservatives, white people, men, or whoever they're targeting. It's a party of the victim class. But here's the deal. What happens when two victim classes come together? Then the left has to scramble and pick a side because they don't have actual core values upon which to stand. A Christian baker who refuses to bake a cake for a gay wedding is the enemy. The gay couple trumps the Christian baker, or any Christian for that matter. But what if it's a Muslim baker? Then the Muslim baker trumps the gay couple. We've seen it before in videos from Michigan. A Christian baker may face threats, fines, and legal action, but the Muslim baker is just fine refusing to bake a cake. And that brings us to the transgender movement and women's rights. Clearly, plainly, and obviously, for those on the radical left, transgenderism trumps women's rights. We've seen example after example of boys or men being allowed to compete against girls or women, and we've seen the results. Check out this footage from a high school girls track race. Kyle Gabinelli. That winner who destroyed the field is a boy, a biological male. But so many schools are unwilling to stand up to what is obviously unsportsmanlike and unfair competition. Now, we have the most stunning example of them all. A biological male, a guy, a dude, who spent three years competing and swimming at the collegiate level has now been allowed to compete against the women. And he is shattering the records and blasting his competition. Here's the story. Collegiate swimmer Leah Thomas is shattering women's swimming records this season, and critics say there's a reason. She used to be a man. Actually, he still is a man. The University of Pennsylvania swimmer continued his dominance Saturday at the 2021 Zippy Invitational in Akron, Ohio, with a first-place finish in the 200-yard freestyle, setting a pool, program, and meet record with a time of 141.93. She won the race by nearly seven seconds, and her time was the fastest in the country, the Penn Sports Information Department said in a press release. Okay, first things first. This is a biological male, a he, not a she. But as anyone who knows who watches the show regularly, when I put up a news overlay on the screen, it's to show sourced material. I show the source and I show the information being quoted. So it's very disappointing that even one of my go-to sources 
The Washington Times plays this game where we are all going to pretend that this guy is now a girl just because he thinks he is. I mean, if I identify as a 10-year-old, can I go start cleaning up in tennis tournaments? Just because someone thinks something or believes something doesn't make it true. But the left wants people to believe that men can now give birth and other notions like that. The result? We have a women's swim competition being dominated by a guy. Here's more. His record-breaking victory came a day after he set a pool and meet record in the 500 freestyle preliminaries, then claimed more records in the final with a time of 434.06, beating the second-place finisher by 14.39 seconds. That time is currently the best in the country in the event, the university said. Her mark was also a new program record. Now, criticism of these results has been enormous. Clay Travis, the founder of the sports and political site OutKick, blasted the idea of Thomas being allowed on the women's team. This man, who is now competing as a woman, is destroying female athletes after having competed for three years as a male swimmer. Democrat, Republican, Independent, doesn't matter who you are, if you think it is in the interest of athletic competition for a male athlete to decide to become a woman and then dominate female athletes with the advantages of the height, the strength, the weight of a male athlete, this represents the potential destruction of female athletics. This should not be happening and Travis isn't the only one stating the obvious. Linda Blade, who's the author of Unsporting, How Trans Activism and Science Denial Are Destroying Sport, she tweeted this. Well, of course women's records are being smashed. Leah competed as a male for the first three years in the NCAA. This is not right. We need to return to sex-based sports. Sex, not gender, to preserve fairness for female athletes. Amen to that. So what's it going to take? How many more records need to be smashed before someone gets a clue? There are already more men involved in sports than women in general. And now these woke sports administrators are allowing men in women's sports as well. It's complete liberal lunacy. All right, next let's talk about CNN and Chris Cuomo. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on, that way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, CNN and its disgraced primetime host Chris Cuomo are back in the news as more developments from an internal investigation have come to light. The fallout from this investigation is that Cuomo has gone from indefinitely suspended at CNN to flat out fired. Here's the story. CNN reportedly learned about a new sexual misconduct allegation against its disgraced anchor Chris Cuomo just days before his firing. The claim came from prominent attorney Deborah S. Katz, who is representing the accuser. Katz's client is a former junior colleague at another network, and the newly emerged allegation against Cuomo is unrelated to the Governor Andrew Cuomo matter. The lawyer said her client came forward because she was disgusted by Chris Cuomo's on-air statements in response to the allegations made against his brother, Governor Andrew Cuomo when the CNN star addressed the scandal in March, telling viewers, I have always cared very deeply about these issues, and profoundly so. I just wanted to tell you that. 
In case the name Deborah Katz sounds familiar, she is the attorney representing Charlotte Bennett, who was the second woman to come forward with accusations against then-Governor Andrew Cuomo. So, because of Chris's involvement in helping his brother, CNN suspended him. The network then said it was reviewing additional information, and along comes this allegation against Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo was suspended earlier this week pending further evaluation of new information that came to light about his involvement with his brother's defense. We retained a respected law firm to conduct the review and have terminated him effective immediately. While in the process of that review, additional information has come to light. Despite the termination, we will investigate as appropriate. The writing was on the wall for already for Chris Cuomo. The revelations from the New York State investigation show that Chris was deeply involved in using media resources and connections to help his brother. It's not guaranteed that the interference on his own would have cost Cuomo his job, but when you put these other misconduct claims on top of that, CNN had to let him lose. Two brothers taken down, but the real question is, are they out? Of the two, Andrew or Chris, which one do you think will end up back in politics or media first? Let me know in the comments. All right, next, the country says goodbye to former senator and presidential nominee Bob Dole, who passed away Sunday at the age of 98. And I just want to say that anytime I get to read or hear about someone from the greatest generation, I'm just in awe. On Saturday night, I was at a tribute for Oscar Wyatt Jr., who fought in World War II and became a Texas icon. Bob Dole was another one of those icons who served at the highest levels and left no doubt about his love for America and the people he served. Here's a report from NBC News. Bob Dole always possessed humility and dry humor. I want to thank all those who have said such kind words about me. They're probably not true, but they were nice. Respect earned through his years of public service and capped with the Congressional Gold Medal in 2018. But Dole's storied career brought Congress together in a rare unanimous vote to pay tribute to this World War II veteran and son of Kansas who achieved so much. Impaired by war, but never deterred. Longevity was among his gifts. In his 90s, Dole returned to Kansas to visit every county one last time. Dole was a true statesman and had a way of bringing people together. Even though down inside, he always considered himself a fighter. Here's more on Bob Dole from NBC. From his roots in Russell, Kansas, Dole joined the Army during World War II. Gravely injured in Italy, Dole gave credit to the people of Kansas for putting their faith in him. I was in the 10th Mountain Division. I'll be darling. Elected to Congress in 1960, then to the Senate in 1968, rising to Republican leader for a dozen years father to daughter Robin from his first marriage. In 1975, he married Elizabeth, his partner in life and politics. On the ticket, as Gerald Ford's running mate in 76, Dole sought the office of president himself three times and faced incumbent Bill Clinton in 1996, describing himself then as a fighter again at age 73. Tonight I stand before you, tested by adversity, made sensitive by hardship, a fighter by principle, and the most optimistic man in America. After politics, his service turned to causes close to his heart, leading fundraising for the National World War II Memorial in Washington. 
Just an incredible career. As noted by Breitbart News, even though Dole was considered an establishment politician, he had no problem voicing his support for Donald Trump. Breitbart notes that in 2017, Dole openly praised Trump's first trip to Europe, including his speech in Warsaw on the need to defend Western civilization. In addition, during the 2020 presidential election, Dole spoke out in Trump's defense against the Commission on Presidential Debates, saying that it appeared to be biased against the president. That's an understatement. 98 years old and a true American patriot. Rest in peace, Senator Dole. All right, next in some stunning political news, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, who is up for re-election in 2022, may not get the opportunity to face newly announced Democrat candidate Stacey Abrams. Abrams previously ran against Kemp and lost by some 50,000 votes, but said the election was rigged and that she still won. But before Kemp can face Abrams, he will first have to battle in the Republican primary against some very formidable opponents, one of whom, former Senator David Perdue, just announced on Sunday. Here's the story. In a move Sunday that caught many Georgia prognosticators completely off guard, former Senator David Perdue signaled he will soon announce he will challenge Governor Brian Kemp in 2022. This creates a unique situation in Peach State politics, a sitting Republican governor facing a potentially divisive primary as Democrat icon Stacey Abrams gears up to run as well. The cousin of former Republican Governor Sonny Perdue who also served as Donald Trump's Secretary of Agriculture, David Perdue, 71, is a multimillionaire businessman who narrowly lost re-election to liberal Democrat John Ossoff in 2020. This is going to get interesting. As you know, former President Donald Trump is no fan of Brian Kemp. Trump has made that quite clear. Now Kemp, the sitting governor of Georgia, is facing a very serious challenge. How will the Trump factor fit into all of this? Here's more. Having explored a bid for Georgia's other Senate seat in 2022, Purdue actively sought Trump's endorsement and then stood aside when the former president made it clear he wanted University of Georgia football legend Herschel Walker to carry the GOP banner. But Trump is now considered a cinch to endorse Purdue over Kemp. Kemp has drawn the 45th president's fierce animosity for failing to support his claims of voter fraud in Georgia that made possible Joe Biden's narrow win in the state last year. It's unclear how the GOP primary race will resolve itself. Vernon Jones, an African-American Democrat turned Republican, has strong support from Trump supporters in Georgia and across the country. Do you think Trump will endorse Purdue? What will that do to the race? And will Stacey Abrams become a real threat regardless of who the Republican opponent is? There are a lot of questions for sure. And primary election day in Georgia is May 24th. All right, friends. That's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next show is going to be Wednesday evening at the usual time, 6.30 p.m. Central. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.